Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. You're listening to Money FM 89.3 with Adrian Abraham and Lin Li Fu. Time now for Why It Matters. Supply chain issues emerged during the COVID-19 pandemic due to shifts in demand, labor shortages and structural factors. While supply strains tied to COVID disruptions have eased, we now see geopolitical turmoil that is causing structural changes to global trade. That's right, Adrian. The Russia-Ukraine conflict has disrupted supply chains across the world in sectors such as consumer goods, metals, food, chemicals and commodities. In the past few years, we've seen a flurry of business-altering disruptions for organisations to contend with. Supply chain has had to navigate a host of difficult circumstances. So, how are supply chains being reshaped for global trade? And more importantly, how will the situation impact Singapore, which is an essential hub for facilitating regional trade flows because of its strategic location, of course, and not to mention Singapore's advanced infrastructure and business friendly environment. Well, to share more insights on the matter, we have on the line Walter Kuypers, Partner Advisory KPMG in Singapore. Good morning. Good morning. Volatility seems to be the name of the supply chain game, but a recent announcement by the Federal Reserve Bank of New York claims global supply chains are returning to normal levels. What's your take on this? I would say that it's largely the case. I think it's normalizing, but there are, uh, I think, factors that still need to be considered as post-COVID, as well as uh, driven through um, what you mentioned before, right, geopolitical issues and threats. Um, it has reshaped the supply chain. And I think there are a couple of uh, key takeaways that businesses have learned from this, where I said number one would be exception and disruptions are the new normal, right? So I think rather than before where supply chains were relatively stable, I think the new norm is now that disruptions are you know daily around the corner, right? So they're here to stay and supply chains need to be resilient and agile enough to be able to deal with it and stay relevant. I think another key learning is the traditional linear optimized supply chains are no longer relevant in this time and age. Right? So not only is this the result of the pandemic and geopolitical issues, uh, but it's also the result of omnichannel convergence based on the need to, to provide unified customer experience. So omnichannel convergence basically demands supply chains um, to provide a unified and holistic approach to customer engagement that eliminates silos and creates a unified 360 view of the customer perspective of, and its buying channels, right? So whereby the customer demand is expected to be fulfilled from any place at any time. This requires a supply chains to not only become more nimble, but to become more diversified in terms of sourcing, to be able to deal with faster response times at affordable costs. This also, of course, in light of the looming uh, economic recession, which is still there, as well as to continuously deliver predictable outcomes. Walter, a recent study into Singapore by a logistics firm UPS warned that failure to diversify Singapore's supply chains could cost the country an estimated 225 billion US dollars. That's in the run-up to 2030. Now, how is Singapore faring on the diversification front and is diversification more important for some sectors compared to others? So maybe answering the second one first. So from a sector perspective, um, I see the impact uh, to smaller and larger extent across most sectors, uh, but it, it just exposes itself in different ways. So for example, semiconductor and the broader technology and tele- telecommunications industry, uh, they've of course been facing with chip shortages, right? Impacted by geopolitical challenges and trade barriers that have recently been imposed, right? So this sector is now looking into diversifying their supply chain by tapping into new capacity, um, as well as reducing dependencies on traditional sources of supply. And, and you know, as 
most people are aware, Singapore plays a critical role in the uh, semiconductor sector with 10% uh, of the total global demand coming from Singapore itself. Um, if we look at, for example, flavor and fragrance industry uh, with a shortage of limited sourcing ingredients like spices, flavors, extracts like vanilla and, and citrus, this industry has been impacted as a result of changed consumer demands um, during COVID also with factory shutdowns, uh, shortages in transportation capacity as well as natural disasters which can provide a major risk to continuous access to these ingredients, right? So diversification is needed for them uh, to look for alternative sources, uh, as well as also reconfiguring their formulas, collaborating with ecosystem partners to reduce dependencies of single source ingredients, right? And also here, Singapore can play a critical part in terms of its uh, investment into high tech industry to help develop those new formulas. Um, retail and fashion, where you need unique markets and make to order materials in the textile materials were unable to be designed through supplier iterations during COVID, forcing retailer companies to order from standard supplier catalogs, right, which completely eroded their competitiveness and differentiation in the market. Then also very critical for, for Singapore is, of course, the shipping and logistics industry, right? So container shortages and stagnation of container flows, like, for example, costs some time back uh, due to the Suez blockage, it requires the need for diversification as well, right? So how can we explore alternative modes of transportation or resort to multi-mode transportation options, leveraging a combination of air, sea and roads, where Singapore in this region plays a critical role because of its connectivity to neighboring countries. Right, so these are just to share a few perspectives of different industries and where you see the need to rethink supply chain and the need for diversification being very evident and Singapore playing a critical role in this. Now, taking a more macro view and, and not just for Singapore, but other countries in the region as well, are there other options? Can they look at other options like reshoring? Could companies look at bringing the production capacity back to the home country or to countries nearby to mitigate risks in case of a threat to existing supply chain security? That's a very good question, as diversifying supply chains does not come with a flick of the switch, but requires a thorough look at the supply chain strategy as well, right? So it's all about, you know, where we want to play and how we want to play from a business perspective, and then to understand how core competitive and differentiating capabilities align to this. Right? So key factors that play a role in diversifying the supply chain, just to name a few, are, for example, availability and access to sourcing, right? So what are the sourcing options, key source markets that you can tap into, and how does the business have access to those, right? Do you have local entities set up? Are there operating licenses? What is the route to market via partner ecosystem? Infrastructure and capability to deliver is another one, right? Does the market have the required infrastructure and capabilities at scale to deliver on the new customer needs? A third one is environmental, social, and governance factors, um, you know, in reference to supplier sourcing, ethics, and compliance. Right? The businesses um, should not be put at risk. So switching to a new supplier, a company should have access to information that allows them with informed decision making. A fourth one is indirect tax implications through excise duties and fees. Right. So how do businesses secure they continue to get access to free trade agreements quickly when the supply chain changes? Right. What are existing trade agreements and what may they offer and how to become future proof in terms of preferential duties and what technology is best to support the trade function uh, for track and traceability of goods, but also also to support documentation. The fifth one is operating model implications, right? So as you are diversifying, your operating model may change, right? So how do you secure, you continuously get access and visibility to demand and supply when you are diversifying your supply chain, right? And this is der 
driving the need for enterprise technology enhancements to enable digital twin supply chains wrapped with a system of engagement in order to operate as an integrated hub, like for example, Singapore, mm -hmm. for supply insurance, right? And this requires both upstream and downstream near real-time visibility and having the ability to run multiple supply chain scenarios and user responses to avoid the demand to be lost, right? And last but not least, access to available talent in the markets, right? So even if all of the aforementioned is addressed in the supply chain, how do businesses secure they get access to the right talent to manage it, right? Especially if businesses are fishing in the same talent pool, mm. like for example, semiconductor who are switching away from traditional markets and going into the same non-traditional markets. Right? So defining a very clear approach on how to tackle these is critical for a winning diversification strategy. Walter, the US has accused China and Russia of weaponizing supply chains, you know, to disrupt the global economy and have stoked geopolitical tension as a result. What more can the US do to step up cooperation to stabilize supply chains for semiconductors, batteries and core minerals? I know you mentioned reshoring, but what else can you tell us about? That's a difficult question, right? I might not have all the views of all the different markets um, in terms of what they can add, but, but of course, stimulating global trade and helping to support companies and alternative sources is a key role that governments can play across different markets. So what is the outlook for supply chains across sectors when it comes to some of the potential risks and opportunities down the road? Um, I think the outlook is that we will see more and more businesses looking to reinvest in their supply chains, right, with larger multinational players investing into their enterprise technology platforms uh, in order to help accelerate digitalization of their supply chain and be better connected with supplier base, channel partners, and integrated business partners for improved visibility and predictability. Larger, more complex ecosystems such as semiconductor, life science healthcare, as well as logistics and shipping sectors heavily rely on connected and trusted supply chains where I would expect to see some quick win potential and early movers driven by innovation. Um, in addition, uh, I would say I expect the risk as well as the opportunity from ESG and environmental, social and governance scope two and three carbon emission reporting requirements to make a big impact, right? So scope two and scope three will consider the further value chain emission from both upstream and downstream impact to the end-to-end -end supply chain and expose those sectors and companies that do not have a good response to this today, right? So those sectors and companies that in invest and adapt early and, for example, jump into the untapped opportunities for the circular economy, we'll see rebound quickly and will benefit also on the longer run, not only from higher returns, but I would also expect them to benefit from increased brand image. Walter, I would expect data to be quite central to such efforts, but how can this be achieved when we talk about supply chain disruptions and the diversification of these chains to, uh, you know, make sure that stability is restored? Yeah, very good points, right? So data is seen as the new gold, right? So companies sit typically on a huge amount of data. The only thing is the data is unstructured and the data is not sitting into a single data lake, right? So through technology innovation and a clear data architecture, this data can be put together, right? And that can feed initi initiatives such as, for example, the digital twin supply chain, right? Which heavily rely on end-to-end -end supply chain data to have real-time information at your fingertips as a user and be able to do scenario planning and um, react and respond quickly to, to market changes, right? Which can then overcome some of those barriers, giving you options in the supply chain to redirect supply to meet demands. Thank you very much for speaking with us, Walter. Walter Kuypers there, Partner Advisory of KPMG in Singapore. Most welcome. Thank you. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.